Welcome to Smart Poker Study, the podcast dedicated to helping you earn more money, study more effectively, and be 1% better every day. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. In last week's episode number 250, I discussed two simple yet important steps to doing hand reading the smart way. It's poker study time, y'all. Hello and welcome to episode 251 of the Smart Poker Study Podcast. So my name is Sky, and if it's your first time here, thank you so much for checking the show out. I appreciate it. You have to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher because I have incredible poker strategy episodes dropping every single week. So this is the place for growing your poker skills with practical tips, advice, and action steps. Because action's the greatest teacher. You're going to hear me saying that over and over again. And of course, for those repeaters back here again, thanks for coming back and thanks for sharing the show with one of your friends. I really do appreciate it. So today I'm talking about questions to ask during hand reading exercises. Now, the great thing about asking questions is that it forces you to search for the answers. And how are you going to find those answers? Well, by taking into account all the information available on the table. So we'll be diving into that in just a little bit. But before we get there, I want to take a quick sec to let you know that the Smart Poker Study podcast is brought to you by the SPS Poker Lab, which is my new membership site. This is the very first month. So members of the Poker Lab get access to a growing library of strategy videos and resources that cover everything that you need to become a successful winning poker player. On top of that, you also get regular live Q&A sessions, member-only quizzes, some discounts and perks, and uh, you also get an active member community on Facebook where you can get advice from me, but also from fellow poker-playing members who are going through the exact same training, maybe they're in the exact same situation, or maybe they were there about a year ago and they've progressed on, but they're going to help you out. So if you're serious about becoming a better poker player, visit SPSPokerLab.com. It's the place to be. It's a no-brainer. So head on over, SPSPokerLab.com. Check it out and join today. Alrighty, let's get to some hand reading. Please visit the show notes page for everything I discussed today at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod251. And while you're there, you can sign up for the weekly boost for exclusive poker strategy direct to that inbox. Let's roll. Gambate! And now for our feature presentation. So I've been talking about hand reading for quite a while now in the podcast, training videos, uh, monthly webinars, and within the SPS Poker Lab. Occasionally, I get people who email me and they let me know how vital my coaching about hand reading has been for them. But I get the feeling that while many instructional videos and podcasts are helping some people, most people are just not taking advantage of all that I'm putting out there. I have told you before that action's the greatest teacher. And I know this for myself, and you do as well, right? You only got invited onto the varsity tennis team because you were one of the best in the school, but that only came from all the prior years and thousands of hours of playing tennis, right? Well, let's think about that. How the heck do you think you'll ever become a great poker player without working to develop the skill of hand reading? Now, I know that taking action off the felt, it can be a little difficult for some people. All they really want to do is play poker, right? Well, you're listening to this right now in the hopes that some of this absorbs into your skill set and you're able to use it on the felt. Now, I don't really know uh, statistically or like through studies, but my guess is that only 10 or 15% of what we listen to 
actually sticks in our brain. And just think about it. This podcast is probably going to be roughly 15 to 18 minutes. Do you really think that 15 to 18 minutes of audio information that I deliver you right now about hand reading, do you think that's really going to stick in your brain so that you can use it in your next play session? Heck no, I say. So some of you want to practice hand reading, but you think you don't have the time. Well, this episode is all about questions and answers. So let me hit you with the $10,000 question. If I offered you $10,000 to do one hand reading exercise every day for 100 days in a row, would you be able to do it? I know that everybody listening right now just said, yes, I can do that for 10 grand. So if you can find the time to do it for $10,000, you can also do it for the promise of greater poker skills. You can do it for the idea that you will start exploiting your opponents more. You can do it with the expectation that becoming a great poker hand reader, it's going to turn you into the player that you want to be. Let those things be your motivation, not a magical $10,000. I want you to be motivated by knowing that hand reading will turn you into the player that you want to be. So get started right now. If you're at your computer, um, or even if you're a live poker player, you can do this right now, right? Open up Poker Tracker 4 in your database, run a filter for CBET on the flop, and saw showdown, and choose one of the resulting hands to do. And like I said, if you're a live player, find a good hand in your journal and do a hand reading exercise with it. Now, the process is super simple. Open up Flopzilla, review the action of the hand, assign the villain a preflop range, and then narrow that range through the streets. And of course, last week in episode number 250, I gave you the uh, two-step hand reading process. So if you missed that or you need to review it, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 250. So I want to conclude with this. Get your ass to work on hand reading today. My 66 days of hand reading was the best thing I've ever done for my game. And I know it'll be the exact same for you. And that's the end of this public service announcement. I challenge you. (laughs) Pause the podcast right now and do a hand reading exercise. I don't care if you're not even at your computer. Imagine a hand and how your opponent played it. Assign them a range in your mind's eye. Visualize that range. Now, narrow that range through the streets based on actions and the board. Alrighty, let's get to some hand reading questions. I'm going to break these questions into two sets. Set number one is the most common questions I ask myself pre-flop when I'm trying to assign my opponent a range. And set number two is the most common questions I ask myself post-flop when I'm narrowing that range. First off, pre-flop hand reading questions. So throughout every hand reading exercise I do, and the SPS Poker Lab members have seen this with three full-on examples from start to finish, I ask myself questions to help me assign my opponent a range. Here's my favorite question. What is the worst hand they play this way? Now, I discussed this briefly in the last episode, number 250, but my answer to this question helps me build their range by considering each of the five hand categories. Once again, those categories were pocket pairs, then Broadway hands, then aces, then suited hands, then offsuit hands. When you answer that question, for example, what is the worst pocket pair they play this way? Well, if the answer is pocket sevens, then you have to include pocket sevens and all the better pocket pairs in their range. All right, the next question, what type of player are they? I range my opponents differently based on the type of player they are. 
So those nitty players, they get very small ranges. Tight aggressive players, slightly wider. Loose aggressive players, wider still. And those super loose passive fish, at least when it comes to calling preflop, they get the widest ranges possible. The next question, what notes do I have on them? Your history with an opponent is incredibly important. The more you know about them, basically paying attention to prior showdown hands and the way they've played their prior hands, um, that will help you take good notes on them. When you're taking good and proper notes, you're going to realize that they make these kinds of plays all the time, so you're going to know what hands are possible in their range right now. The next question, what does their action say about their range? Generally, the more aggressive the action, the stronger the range. The more weak or passive the action, the weaker the range. The next question, what are their action-related stats? So I always use a HUD when I'm playing online, and it's just incredibly important, and it helps me out a lot, right? So if your opponent 3-bet preflop, of course you want to look at their 3-bet stat. Preferably look at it in the position that they're 3-betting from. Those numbers, whatever that is, 5%, 2%, 15%, it's going to help you gauge the range that your opponent is making their play with. The next question, what does their bet sizing say about the strength of their range? So, of course, either for you online or you live players, bet sizing is a super big tell, right? In general, the larger the bet, the stronger the hand. And the final preflop question that I love to ask, why didn't they call? Why didn't they raise? Why didn't they fold? So your opponent's action is important, but when they chose to call, they also chose to not fold and they chose to not raise. What does this say about their range? Often, because they just called and didn't raise, we can eliminate some of the strongest hands when they play kind of passively like this, right? We can remove aces and kings from their range. Or if they make an incredibly strong play, we can remove a lot of the weakest hands from their range. So if you can put yourself in their shoes and figure out why they chose to not make a play, this will lead to more accurate pre-flop ranges. And after the break, I'll hit you with my favorite post-flop questions. And a few shout-outs today. Holy cow, there's a run on Poker Tracker 4 and my Smart Hut. I don't know what's happening. So many supporters in the past two weeks. I'm freaking loving it. So Albert Lee, Robert Fogel, Nick Court, and Todd Doiron all purchased Poker Tracker 4 through my affiliate link. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4. That's one word with the number four at the end. By purchasing through that link right there, they helped to support the show. So thank you very much, Albert, Robert, Nick, and Todd. Oh, and of course, because they supported the show, I sent them my smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4. And speaking of the smart HUD, MJ, Patrick Keveny, Larry Lynn, Ollie Peters, and Norman's Pukinskis all had Poker Tracker 4 already, so they decided to purchase the best HUD on the market directly from me. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud. They checked out what the HUD was all about, and by making this purchase, they also got an entire webinar on the Smart HUD, how to use it, and plus a lot of other goodies right there, Smart HUD-related videos and such. So thank you very much, MJ, Patrick, Larry, Ollie, and Normans, for purchasing through that link, smartpokerstudy dot com slash smart hud alrighty back to class poker peeps (music) 
So let's talk about post-flop hand-reading questions. I love asking myself these questions as I try to decipher the logic my opponents are using. Understanding their logic helps me narrow their range more accurately. Now here it is, the moment you've been waiting for. It's the ultimate question. Here it is. What are they doing this with? When they check-raise your c-bet on the 7-6-5 board, you can ask, what are they check-raising me with on this board? When they check call on the flop and the turn, then they donk bet on the third spade on the river, you can ask yourself, what are they calling the flop and turn with? Then betting on the third river spade. So once you come up with a logical answer to the ultimate question, you'll be able to make the best decision time and time again. And it will help in your narrowing process. The next post-flop question, how well does their range connect with this board? So when you know your opponent's pre-flop range, and then their flop range, and then their turn range, you can understand how that interacts with the board as the streets progress. The goal is to visualize and understand which parts of their pre-flop range and their flop and then their turn range hit specific hands or draws as the hand goes on. Here's another great question. Which parts of their range are betting, calling, raising, or folding on this board? Now this goes along with that prior question. If your opponent raised and you know that their raise means they have a two pair hand or better on this board, you're going to use that to your advantage and you're going to react to their raise and narrow their range properly. The next question, why didn't they check, bet, raise, or fold? So just like with that pre-flop question, your opponent took one option and chose not to take the other three. If you can figure out why, you'll use that information to narrow their range even more accurately. Now this next one is kind of a fun question. What does a sane person do here? So this question helps us to get to the logic our opponent is using. I first heard it asked by Jonathan Little in a training video once, and I just absolutely fell in love with the question. Some people think they just cannot win against the fish because there's no putting them on a hand, or they can't win against loose aggressive players because they just bomb every street and it's tough to call down without the nuts. Well, both of these player types, they use some form of logic in their decision making. It might be a logic that you do not use, but don't let that stop you from trying to figure out their logic. All right, the last question, what are my notes on this player? Too many times we take notes and we forget to look at them, right? Well, in your off-the-felt hand-reading practice, that's the perfect time to force yourself to look at the player notes, pre-flop and post-flop, of course, because occasionally you're going to find a note there that's going to absolutely help you determine the hand strengths that your opponent could be making this play with. I challenge you. <laughs> I challenge you to five hand-reading exercises, one per day for the next five days. Taking action and doing your own hand-reading exercises is the only way you're going to learn this skill. Now, I challenge you to get to work. Alrighty, that's it for this week. Make sure you head on over to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod251 for the show notes and related links for this week's episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'm going to be back next week with a brand spanking new handwriting episode. If you enjoyed today's show, I invite you to check out spspokerlab.com. This is the essential resource for any poker player at any stage of the game, especially if you want to become a great hand reader, because that's what we're all about this month in the Poker Lab. 
So check it out, SPSPokerLab.com. If you can type or say the word Smart Poker Study, you can find me on Alexa and YouTube. Until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.